Hello and welcome to at a theater near me. What is that? 10. We have 10 down, 355 to go. My name is Chris and this is the uh, podcast where I see a different movie in the movie theaters every single day for an entire year. Uh, the last episodes I thought were not, didn't sound natural or comfortable at all because I was in a room talking to myself. So I brought on a sidekick and who better? Who is the best sidekick in the world? It's probably the Warthog. So I had to bring the Warthog on. Warthog, hello. Hello, Chris. Very nice. <laughs> this is already 10,000 times more natural and not at all awkward compared to the other episodes. <laughs> would, you, would you agree, Warthog? I would agree. There's nowhere to go but up. And then <laughs> Thank down, you. Like Enron. I think, I think I saw some of these reviews. Um, okay, so... Uh, Warthog, by the way, will not be seeing every movie with me. He'll be seeing maybe some of them with me when he can. Uh, but I just wanted to have someone here that um, I could talk to. So it was more of a conversation than anything else. But Warthog is not going on this uh, insane journey slash disaster with me. Uh, but I did go and I went on Sunday to the O'Neill Cinemas in Epping to see American Underdog. It's the Kurt Warner movie, which we'll talk about in a bit. I was going to go see Belfast, uh, but instead I changed my mind and saw American Underdog because of the potential of freezing rain. And it was all much ado about nothing. Uh, I'm in New Hampshire. It was basically just rain. It really didn't have any ice at all. Did you go out on Sunday at all, Warthog? Did you run into this freezing rain? Uh, yeah, I went uh, to Wegmans, got some pregame snacks for, again, that was very disappointing. But um, yeah, we didn't catch too much down here. Yeah, it was, it was it was just rain. So I, I probably could have seen Belfast, but I was happy to go early, catch the matinee to watch some football. I might be making that same decision this weekend as well, which could end up, once again, me seeing movies that maybe I shouldn't be. I should probably be trying to see the movies that are uh, not going to be in theaters much longer, but uh, decided to give myself a little reward early on in this journey and see American Underdog. Talk more about O'Neill Cinemas as we go. I will say that's the cheapest deal around, $10 tickets. I think there's a it's a it's a very small franchise. They're very no frills. I mentioned them. That's where I saw it in Canto. Um, but for ten bucks on a matinee, that's about as cheap as I found uh, that, that you can pretty much get out there. Uh, I so then I went to um, today. I went to Assembly Row. Although you're hearing this on a Tuesday, but on Monday I went to Assembly Row to see Nightmare Alley. Um, and Assembly Row is awesome. Have you been? You've been you've been to Assembly Row. You said you went to Tony C's there. Uh, yeah, I went, me and a friend, not Mike, went to Tony C's there before, I think it shut down. Yeah, I don't know if I, if I saw that, but Assembly Row is the greatest place on earth. Uh, this place is fantastic. I've never been there. It has all the stores I like. It has a Puma store. It has a movie theater. It has a Ruth's Chris. It has the best fast food in the world, Shake Shack. Uh, I immediately went and got a Shake Shack burger. No question about it. You know, I've been to In-N-Out, uh, obviously five guys. Uh, but for me, the best hamburger that you can get at a restaurant is at Shake Shack. Agree or disagree? I agree. It's very good. The one in Dedham? Ooh. It's, it's the best. It's a, I, I, didn't, I didn't discover Shake Shack until I was in New York, but I, I really love Shake Shack. So this assembly row is fantastic. I didn't even feel like I was in Massachusetts. I felt like I was in like South Carolina or something because the buildings were so modern. Everything there is so new, it didn't feel like I was in New England. Um, I've never been to this place. I, I don't, I, I, I was, it was sad to go though, because it was so empty. And that was really my big takeaway was from this theater. The AMC there is brand new. Um, 
And it is, there is just no, I mean, it's not only no one there at the AMC, there's no one at Assembly Row. I mean, between COVID and obviously it's a Monday in January, I get it. You know, shopping's not going to be on anyone's top, anyone's list, but it was complete wasteland. It, this was the first time in this journey, even though I've gone to a few movies where I'm like one of two people in the cinemas or whatever, this is the first time where I was really walking around the theater and this is like, this feels like the end of the world. And it also feels like the movie theater business is completely fucked. Like, and I know it's middle of the day and obviously most people are working or doing something productive with their time, but it, it was, there was no one there and it was really sad. It was, I'm like, I'm in this beautiful place um, where someone put a lot of care and all of these great businesses are all around me. The parking garage is right there. It's free parking. The first three hours you're there. Every hour after that, I think it's like two bucks which is great if you want to go get like, if you're just going to pop in and see a movie, it's free parking. It's right next to the cinema. In fact, you don't even need to go outside. The parking garage is access right to the cinema. So, I mean, it's, it's a no brainer, but I think between the fact that it's not really near any residential, there's not a lot of like residences nearby. And then on top of it, it's COVID and there's no one there. And it was really sad. When you went, did you go pre COVID or post COVID when you went? Uh, pre COVID, this is probably like, you know, four or five years ago. Um, it was busy. Uh, yeah, I went on like a weekday. It was busy. Uh, we had a park like across the street. We didn't, I don't think there was space in like the garage. Do you say it was, it was so, it was so banging, right? Yeah. I parked on the first level. Like I pulled in there and like I had a spot. It was, it, I, I imagine that place would have been really great at one time. And it's sad because they, they've kept, the buildings are nice. Like everything, it's super clean. Um, I'm bringing my, um, my nieces and my nephew there next month, we're going to go to Legoland and we're actually going to stay there for the whole weekend. So I'll have a full like assembly row report next month when I go. Um, but, and I'm excited to go back because uh, it has a lot of great spots there, but um, it was, it was kind of depressing to go and, and see it that empty. Um, okay. Let's get into the box office report as I kind of try to plan ahead here for the next week. Um, this is going to be an, I'm a huge football fan. I know the Warthog is as well. Uh, so, I really don't, I really want to watch these playoff games. This is like my favorite weekend of the year. Uh, I'm a, I love to gamble on football. I love to watch the games. I basically just you know that first round of the playoffs. I just kind of plop down. I don't move the entire weekend. So unfortunately now I'm going to end up having to leave the house. Uh, so I have to kind of figure out a plan here for what I'm going to see. Now, um, I will say I got some good news today or off the bat is that the movie Venom, um, but let the carnage continue or begin or something, whatever the fuck that is that came out back in October is playing at a theater at Barnsley's theater in Barrington, which is right near me. It's, it's one of the closest theaters seems like 10 miles away. Uh, so I'll definitely go catch a matinee of that. I'm guessing I probably on Saturday, but the cool thing is that movie was basically out of theaters. I have no idea why it's coming back. I don't know if that studios are going to start bringing back older movies and try to either get a last gas in them or maybe even older catalog. I don't know if this is a sign of things to come. Uh, the cynic in me wonders if this is a deal that because that movie Morbius got pushed, if this is a, a mm -hmm. deal where the Sony was like, Hey, you don't have Morbius, but we'll let you have um, Venom at a really low rate or something to try to keep the exhibitors happy. I don't know what's going on here, um, but I'll take advantage of it and certainly go run and see Venom because I never thought I'd have a chance to see that, even though I have no interest in that movie. That might end up being the worst movie I'm guessing I've I've covered it at that time. I don't know. So far, we, I've been lucky. The movies have been pretty good. Okay. So, so that will definitely take up a slot there. And obviously we, we're going, I'm going to see back to the future on Thursday and on Monday, I think I'm going to go see a different classic film in cinema Salem. But, um, here is the, the top 10 list 
of movies uh, from last weekend. And we can kind of, I want to kind of look through at this list as I do every week with the prism of my project here. Uh, so what I do is I break it up into tiers. So tier one is movies that really under no circumstances should I see. These are movies that made a shitload of money and are going to be in theaters for a long time. And it's the same two movies as last week. Spider-Man made $32 million. It's up to six sixty-eight. Um, for a comparison, Titanic, the entire run made 601 million in America. So like obviously is inflation is a lot of shit going on, but the fact that Spider-Man can make that much money in COVID is in fucking four weeks is wild. That is insane. Uh, number two is Sing 2 that made 11.5 million. This has been out for three weeks, still making a lot of money. I'm not going to see either of those movies. Have you seen, have you seen, when's the last time you've gone to the theaters, Warthog? Uh, the last time I went to the movies was uh, like right before COVID to see 1917 at the Jordan's IMAX in uh, Reading. So 1917 is so that's pre-COVID. Um, for the most part, it's just been, I haven't really seen anything that's interested me. Um, the l most recent one that was going to come out in the theaters that didn't ultimately end up coming out was Greyhound. That oh, one yeah. I was going to go see in theaters. Tom Hanks. Once COVID hit, and but it, I got Apple TV because of that. Right, right. And a lot of things are going to streaming. Uh, I mentioned before that last episode how that, that movie, uh, Turning Red, uh, the Pixar movie, is now going right to Disney+. Plus. Like, obviously, you're seeing a lot more of that, which is not great for this project. Okay, so those first two movies are definitely out. So then we have this next tier of movies I probably shouldn't see in the theaters. Number three is the 355. This was the movie that just came out this week. It's a spy movie with, like, women spies. Uh, it has, like, Jessica Chastain, kind of a... a a who's who cast of, of actresses. It only made 4.6 million. Uh, pretty disastrous start for that movie. Um, I guess in this climate, I wouldn't call it a complete bomb, but if it wasn't COVID, this would be a epic disaster. It definitely is not doing well, but look, first week it's out. It's already, it's third place. It'll be out for at least a few more weeks. So I'm not going to see that this week. Number four is the King's man that made 3.2 million. It's now been out for three weeks but it only had a 29% drop off from the previous week, which is actually pretty low. So I, for some reason that's kind of hanging around. So I'm going to hang out and not see that one either. Ideally. Number five, unfortunately for me is American underdog, uh, which I saw on Sunday to, cause I wanted to watch football and it made 2.3 million. Uh, the, it's only been out for three weeks. I probably saw this way too soon. So that's, that's not great, especially with so few new movies coming out. Okay. So now we fall into the tier of movies. I think I could see and feel relatively guilt-free. Uh, number six is the Matrix Resurrections. Made 1.8 million. Uh, but the big news here is it dropped 51.8%. That is a mammoth drop-off. And last week, I had a mammoth drop-off as well. As I mentioned, I think you're having all of the Matrix fanboys rushing out to the theaters to see it the first weekend, and then no one else really gives a shit. Are you a, are you a Matrix fan, Warthog? I haven't seen any of the films. Okay, I saw the first they one. I did not, not like it. I really have no interest in seeing this. I will see it for the show, uh, but that's one I'm not really in a rush to see. Uh, but um, I, I wonder how much... I know that's also... Uh, I believe it's on HBO Max, so it is also streaming as well. So I'm a little bit nervous with that one. I might go see that one sooner rather than later just because I'm afraid they might, they might pull it. But it's only been out for three weeks. Number seven is West Side Story. This keeps hanging around, as I mentioned last week. Uh, made 1.3 million, only a 36% drop off. And that's getting really good reviews still. It's almost certain to get an Oscar nomination. Um, I talked about it on Kirk's show. Uh, Kirk said, hey, you might want to hold off seeing some of these movies that are 
kind of Oscar locks like Belfast. I think he's right, but also don't want to miss the boat completely. But ideally, I don't see West Side Story this week, but eh, it's been out for five weeks. Uh, number eight, unfortunately for me, is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Still hanging around, made 1.1 million. Uh, I actually saw an advertisement for it during the football games, which tells me that Sony now is using the Morbius money and using it to promote other movies. It would have, I, I'm guessing what happened with the football game is Sony already earmarked money uh, when they, I'm guessing they bought that ad a long time ago for like week 18. And then now they have this spot, they had to fill it with something and they went with Ghostbusters Afterlife because they don't have anything else in theaters right now besides a journal for Jordan. So uh, I, 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 they might be, they might, because of Morbius, they might keep Ghostbusters in there for a few more weeks, which is bad for me. Number nine is Licorice Pizza. I'm waiting to see this because only 24% drop off. It's it, a lot of critics love it. Um, it's still getting kind of a rollout. Uh, and then number 10 is House of Gucci, which I've already seen. Number 11 is Encanto, which I've already seen. So this brings us into the final tier here of maybe movies that I really should seriously consider seeing soon. And number 12 is A Journal for Jordan. This had a 50% drop off. It only made 600,000 last week. This is something I really, I think I need to see soon. It's been out for three weeks. It's only made 5.8 million total. Uh, number 13 is Nightmare Alley, which I, I watched. We'll talk about that in a bit. By the way, that movie, Complete Disaster. Four weeks it's been out. It's made 8.7 million total. Only made six, 587,000 this week. Uh, in 14th place is 83. This is the uh, Hindu movie uh, that I think I'm going to actually make an effort to see soon. Um, it'd be my first foreign language film of this journey here. Uh, but appear, apparently all the people that would see it, I think already have, it had a 71% drop off. So I think that movie is just about at the end of its run. Uh, and then quickly here, we have a movie like Parallel Mothers, which is a, um, another foreign film. Uh, Dune, which is on HBO Max as well. Uh, in 17th place is Red Rocket. 18th is Internals, which I've seen. And then we uh, we fall from there with uh, uh, a few movies, including Come On, Come On, which is uh, with the movie I saw last week. And that's in 24th place. So I'm happy I saw that one. But the real, I think, takeaway from that list is that there aren't a lot of new names. Um, a lot of those theater movies are exactly what I talked about last week. There's really only like one new title out. Uh, and that was that spy movie. I'm starting to get nervous as far as there's not a lot of inventory in the shelves and I'm going to start potentially running out of movies. Uh, and I'm definitely starting to get concerned once football season's over, especially like once the first two playoff weeks are over and I, I can, I have like basically a, full, a really free schedule of even like February. I have nothing. I'm, I love baseball. I love football, but I mean, uh, February is a vast wasteland for everything. So I think I might really have to be experimental with some of these movies I'm seeing. I know people have reached out and be like, Hey, I want you to watch more new movies. I want you to watch more current movies. See less old ones. I don't have a choice. I, I I'm really afraid February. I'm not going to have much, many options. I mean, unless COVID really, you know, dials back and but I, I don't see that happening. I mean, I, I see more and more, I went, you know, I see more and more restrictions, more and more places saying masks, uh, COVID cases keep going up. I don't know. Uh, ideally, I do see newer movies. Ideally, we are seeing more current stuff and not using the, the classic films as a, as a hitch, but I don't, I don't know what, what, what my options are. We'll see what happens next week, but not looking good. What, what's your takeaway, Rothard? Do you agree? You think I'm fucked? Um, I'd say it's, the prospects aren't, you know, bright, um, but I think we'll see a shift in the more open direction with COVID stuff. Cause I feel like we're hitting almost like we've 
hit the peak of insanity and then now it's going to start to come back towards reality. I hope so. I hope with like family gatherings being over for the holidays, maybe less opportunities for people to congregate might make the cases drop down. I don't know. Um, but I, I would say that box office report is, is certainly not good news. Um, no, but, it's grim. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, but what is good news though, look at that transition, huh? Uh, is Griffin Lock and Key. Griffin Lock and Key is back for this episode. Griffin Lock and Key is a small locksmith company uh, that provides service in Massachusetts and New Hampshire to residences and businesses. I know I talked a lot about uh, my resident. Uh, I had Brian from uh, from Griffin come over, and he couldn't have been he couldn't have been better. Uh, he fixed my doorknob for me. I'm a mess. Uh, he was able to get it, so it wasn't all crazy loose. Uh, and uh, the doorknob, the doors never never worked better. And he was here for all of, I don't know, 15 minutes at most, maybe 10. I think we talked for five and he was he fixed it for 10. Uh, if you've never had a locksmith come and rekey the locks to your home, there is no telling how many people may have access. Griffin Lock and Key will work with you to provide a professional solution to all of your physical security needs. Whether you need a deadbolt installed in your side door or the combination of your gun safe changed, uh, Griffin Lock and Key has you covered. Uh, you can visit them at www.griffinlock.com. That's www.griffinlock.com. Uh, or you can give Brian a call, 978-732-3241. That's 978-732-3241. I know he's had a few different people from this podcast uh, listeners uh, call up and he, and I guess it's gone really well. So he's really excited. Uh, I, I, it sounds like some people have been had, uh, have had some, uh, some locks change and, uh, sounds like things are going the right direction for them from a security point of view. So all good news there. Check out Griffin lock and key. Uh, they are, Brian's fantastic, a really nice guy. And, um, it never hurts to have a good locksmith. Um, that's always a good thing, right? Warthog? You are correct. That's why you're here. Warthog. Just, just, just exactly for that reason to provide, you see the, content you're providing. I mean, this is why you're here. Uh, let's talk uh, movie reviews, everyone's favorite part of the show. Um, okay, American Underdog. So this is the Kurt Warner story. Um, this is actually probably a better movie than it deserves to be. Um, Zachary Levy is a very likable Kurt Warner. Anna Paquin is a, is a very good actress and she's very good as Brenda Warner. The issue I have is right when you're watching the credits, uh, executive producer, Kerr Warner, executive producer, <laughs> Brenda Warner. All right. And then you're like, all right, well then who wrote it? Well, it's based on a story, a biography, an autobiography by Kurt Warner. And it's like, all right. So where do you, you once you see that, you got to buckle up knowing you're not going to get the real story. I mean, you're going to get their glossed over heroic version. And I look, Kurt Warner, by all accounts is a great guy. I've never heard anything bad said about him. Um, I'm sure he's a terrific, terrific person. But I mean, it's hard. It's tough to really. It depends what you're going there for. If you're going there for like the fairy tale story, which I'm guessing most people who would want to see this are going for, then it works. It got a cinema score of an A plus. Cinema score is uh, it's a a company that surveys people and they walk right walk right out of the theater. They survey just regular Americans and give them what they, what they think. Most movies through cinema score end up kind of being like a B plus a minus. Almost everybody loves everything they see. Um, very few movies get F's. If you get an F, it's almost historically bad. I think the Tom Green one, Freddie got fingered. I think that famously got an F. There's a few that got F's and it's very, very rare, but it's, it's, 
not every movie gets an A plus, and this got an A plus. People fucking saw this and they loved it. Um, it's okay. Uh, it's like I said, it's very safe, very paint by numbers. I did learn a couple of things about Kurt and Brenda Warner. I didn't know a couple stories that were interesting. Um, it what is religious sort of, it has, I wouldn't say undertones It's more than that, but it doesn't necessarily dominate the story, but it's always there. And it gets peppered in sometimes in bizarre places. Like all of a sudden, like God will come up. And then 20 minutes later, like all of a sudden, like God will come up and it's kind of out of nowhere. I mean, you know why they did it to try to get that church going crowd so they could market it in churches and things like that. Um, but it's, it's not, over the top. And that is who Kurt and Brenda Warner are. So it felt that felt okay to me. It felt organic. It didn't feel super weird. Um, but I don't know. I have a heart. I don't like biopics. I talk about on quantum week a lot. I hate biopics. They're just stuffing so much stuff in. For instance, like there's one week period in this movie where he plays two playoff games, proposes to Brenda Warner and gets married all in the same, like 14 day period. You're like, what the fuck just happened? I don't can't imagine that's how it really worked out. Not only that, but the wedding was like well planned. Like things were like gorgeous. Like there's there's no way. I mean, you couldn't even get invitations out in nine days. It, it was very bizarre. But that's how biopics work. They just stuff a bunch of stuff in. Um, but when it stopped and took some time and actually told the story, I didn't mind it. And mostly because Levy and Packwinner were were so good and so likable. Levy especially. Did you watch that show Chuck on NBC? I never really watched that. I watched like a couple episodes here and there. Um, Cause was that, was that Thursday nights? I don't know. I don't know if it was Thursday nights. Uh, I think it moved around a lot. Uh, but that's where it's the first time I kind of knew I, I didn't really watch that show, but it's the first time I kind of saw him in anything. And I know he's in that new Shazam or that he's the Shazam and Shazam or whatever, that movie that came out a couple years ago. But like, I watched right. this movie thinking like, Oh, he's actually a, he's a decent actor. He's really good in a role like this where it's not heavy lifting, but yet you're never bored watching him. And he's super likable. Uh, I, I believe him as Kurt Warner, even though I've you know, been watching Kurt Warner for you know 20 years. Uh, what's your, are you a Kurt Warner fan, Warthog? You seem like, you seem like somebody that might hate Kurt Warner. So I hated him in 2001 when they played him in the, uh, Super Bowl. Like at that point I had no use for him. The greatest show on turf, no use for them. Um, but, uh, so flash forward to the Super Bowl in 2009 when the Cardinals played the Steelers. So. Like it was me and then like a group of friends were watching the Super Bowl. And I think I was the only one who was rooting against the Cardinals at that point, just because of my predisposed hatred of Kurt Warner. <clears throat> um, but once I learned his story, then I became a Kurt Warner fan and I was happy to see him inducted in the Hall of Fame. Good. Cause I think if you don't like Kurt Warner, you're probably going to hell. So we don't want that. We want, we want the warthog <laughs> in heaven. Uh, I will say though, if you're looking for a lot of NFL stuff, um, it gets a lot of things right. Bizarrely. Like, for instance, he's with the Green Bay Packers and he loses his job to Ty Detmer. And they say like, hey, Detmer, come here. So I was like, oh, Ty Detmer, that's a real deep cut. So like the fact that they, and they like, it was someone in that, whoever made this movie, uh, well, I mean, they're, I think it's the Irwin brothers who are famous for doing a lot of um, yeah. Christian movies. But like someone in the production design had a lot of attention to detail. Cause if you notice the ads when he's doing arena football, like they're ads for like blockbuster video. And like ads that would have been actually relevant at the time, which is, I'm like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Like to, to nail down that detail. Um, 
But I will say there's not a lot of Ram stuff in here. A lot of it is the story beforehand. I mean, I'd say only the third act is where you even see Dennis Quaid as Dick Vermeil. Uh, for a good chunk of that third act, Mike Martz is the biggest asshole in the world. Like he, he is like the first, cause there aren't a lot of villains in this, which is, which was nice. Yeah. But, um, Mike Martz, um, it kind of resolves itself at the end. Uh, I don't know, give spoilers. It's a true story, but like, uh, but man, I'm thinking though, like, wow, Warner fucking hates Martz. Uh, it's a pretty wild take. I, I, I kind of like the idea of Mike Martz being like the biggest piece of shit asshole who's ever lived. It dealt like it doesn't always, it doesn't really end that way. It's kind of a, uh, but it wasn't a true, I was, I was really hoping for a true like ratchet job on, uh, on, on Mike Martin. This like Kurt Warren movie would have been great. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's okay. I, it's something, it's probably best for like a cable movie. Like throw it on, like have it in the background. You can kind of come in and come out of it. You know, the story I said, there's a couple scenes that were pretty moving. I won't give those away cause I didn't know I'm going in. Um, but, um, it's hard. You know, I give this a B minus very, and that's being probably too generous. Uh, it's probably the third worst movie I've seen so far in this journey. Um, but yeah, it's American underdog. Uh, next movie I saw was nightmare alley. This is when I was legitimately excited to see directed by Guillermo del Toro, who directed shape of water, which I liked, didn't love, give it a, I probably gave it a B plus at the time. It's a beautiful looking movie. The third act kind of falls apart. This movie I liked more than that. I give this a B plus. This is probably the best movie I've seen on this journey so far. Um, but it's very odd. It's two different movies, really. There's one half the movie where he's at the circus, and that's the best, it's the first half, and that's the best part of the movie. And the second part of the movie takes place two years later where he's using some of those skills he learned in the circus in his regular life. Uh, and um, it's it's funny, like, watching him, like, whoa, this movie, this is, like, really jarring. Like, I, I really feel like I'm watching... It's kind of written that way anyway, but I really feel like I'm watching two movies and ends up it's because that's how it was shot. They shot the second half of the movie first and then COVID came like back in 2020 and they completely shut down production and then they restarted it again in, you know, nine months later. Uh, and like Kate Blanchett's in the second half of the movie. Uh, and I guess she had finished all of her stuff before COVID. Like she had already shot all her scenes, which is wild. Um, you know, that she basically had finished shooting this movie two years ago. You know, it's coming out. We're seeing more and more of that, obviously. But um, for a movie to take that long to get done, and Cooper and Del Toro said they really enjoyed that process because it gave them more time to kind of ruminate on the characters and more time to figure out, to really fine-tune the script and stuff. To me, it just felt really jarring. I don't know if that, what like, they both say it was the best thing that could have happened for this movie, but it just seems like kind of bullshit to me. Like, it just seems really it made maybe the difference of it being like an A, A minus movie to a B plus movie because it just feels so, so jagged. Um, but it's a very dark, nasty movie. It's a movie that probably has no place in cinema today. That's why no one's going to see it. This is a movie that would have been made in 1998 and would have fit right in like in a, like a movie for adults, a drama, great cast, uh, looks beautiful, interesting story. That was catnip back in the late nineties. In 2022, people want to see fucking Spider-Man. They want to see Encanto and get the fuck out. They don't want to see anything else. And this movie costs $60 million to make and it looks it. And I, I mean, I guess before COVID, maybe they thought they'd get $60 million, but there's no, the movie's not going to make 10 million. Like it's a, it, the movie lost $50 million for the studios. That's before marketing. When you consider marketing, that movie lost like $80 million. That's crazy. 
I mean, that's just where we no. are now. I mean, I, walking around in AMC, it's fucking empty. No one's there. You know, I, there were five people in the cinema with me. Uh, I know people have said a few times, they're like, oh, Chris, you should go interview people or talk to people that you're seeing movies with. There's no one to fucking see it. There's no one there. I, I've gone to two movies where I'm, it's me and one other person in there. I mean, people can't get in and out of there fast enough with COVID. Like, it's just, it's, you might as well have fucking tumbleweed. There's no one at these fucking cinemas. It's, uh, and I know that was kind of the, you know, movie business was in trouble before this. But Jesus Christ, it is empty. Um, and it's a shame because you see a movie like this that has so much care put into it and then no one's seeing it. And I hope there's an audience for it on cable. I hope it doesn't. I hope there is because it's definitely worth seeing. Check it out. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting movie. It's a unique movie. If you don't like Shape of Water, it isn't, it isn't as like there's not the supernatural shit going on that, you know, shape, that maybe bogs Shape of Water down. Some people didn't like that. Did you see, did you see Shape of Water? Uh, I did not. I've only seen two Guillermo del, Guillermo del Toro movies. Uh, the two, the first two Hellboys. Okay. I haven't seen any. This is only the second one I've seen. I didn't see Pan's Labyrinth either. I haven't seen it yet. I'm not against seeing it. The supernatural stuff to me doesn't, it's not really a big, it's not something I really want to go. I, I, I run out to go see and the Hellboy ones weren't ones. Yeah. That, did you like the Hellboy ones? Um, I, the only reason like I watched the first one was because like the beginning is in World War II. <laughs> anything with war modern day but and anything that has the war at all and warthog's all in um that's all it takes to get me this movie is definitely worth seeing check it out if you can find it anywhere you know might need to see it on cable or what have you but it's good bradley cooper is very good rooney mar is very good the cast is fantastic tony collette david Strathairn. i mean he, it's it's an all-star cast um and it's a movie that no one's no one's going to go see. So that's, that's disappointing. Um, but that's where we are. I, I mean, so c- kind of a, I feel like this is a more cynical, maybe bring Warthog on is maybe more cynical. Uh, but I'm just, uh, with nothing coming out, I'm, I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get a little nervous. Uh, I'm not panicked yet. There's no, you know, it's, there's still plenty of movies that I haven't seen that are in theaters, but um, I think there's a, a movie called Bell that's coming out. So there's two movies coming out this week. Uh, Scream 5, and then this movie, I believe it's a anime film it might be in japanese it's called bell and there's a good chance i see that like this week like and i, I have no i have no interest the only uh I, i've seen like one anime film and that was for quantum week and I, I hated it so i'm not i'm not happy about this but i i don't i, I have to take advantage of what, what i what i can where i can um okay so expense total i know people uh i guess some people want more clarification on the expenses so i think we might talk about that uh, in two days, next time we record, hopefully Warthog's back. Um, my expense total so far, they wanted a running tally. So I said, I do that at the end of every show. I'm up to $387. So basically that's like 38, 70 a day. Uh, that would be the equivalent of 14,000 a year. So that's not good. I want to be under 10 K. So I got some work to do there. I think I need to have less, maybe less concessions or I need to do a better job of hitting Regal and AMC more. Uh, but with no movies out, that's troubling. Um, one quick reminder on Thursday, uh, I'm going to be seeing, uh, back to the future at cinema Salem warthog might be attending as well. Um, so, uh, you can come and join me and maybe warthog, uh, it's 7 30 PM cinema Salem. Uh, you can get your tickets right there. They're going to be discussing the score, the Alvin Silvestri score before the movie. So that should be fun. Um, if you're looking to join, uh, Griffin lock and key and sponsor the show, uh, I would love to have you. We have ad reads that start, uh, at 50 bucks. So you can email me at a theater at gmail.com. That's at a theater at gmail.com. Uh, 
obviously love to have you jump aboard if you have something you're looking to promote. And the next episode, we're going to be talking, I'm going to go see The, the Lost Daughter. I'm going to go to the landmark uh, cinemas, uh, Kendall, the Kendall, whatever the Kendall in Cambridge. I went there to see the Tender Bar. This theater is awesome. Uh, I said every theater is like almost like, it's like your home theater. I felt like when I was in there, I, I felt really comfortable. So uh, the Lost Daughter, I think is on streaming right now. So if you haven't seen that, maybe and you're interested in kind of watching along, you should really see that one at home. Uh, if people want to catch up and then I'm seeing a movie called The Novice. That's a super obscure movie. I promise I won't spend a ton of time talking about that one. Uh, but that will be uh, at the Portsmouth Music Hall, which I definitely want to talk more about next episode, as well as go over more expenses and any other issues that may come up. I will say one positive note before I leave is that the weather looks much better uh, for the next week and a half here. It looks like no snow, no freezing rain. So I'm definitely excited about that. Um, uh, that's all I got. Did you have anything else, Warthog, before we before we take off here? Um, not that I can think of. Well, you definitely earned your pay for this episode. Fantastic job. Uh, I'll see, uh, talk to you guys in uh, two days.